Hello, this is Mike Manning, and I am the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. We are back. Another edition of On Screen and Beyond coming your way. This is episode 614. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have an Emmy winner joining us from the Bay, Days of Our Lives, This Is Us, Teen Wolf, and more. And he has a new movie out uh, called The Way Out, and it's Mike Manning. He's going to be joining us here at On Screen to Beyond, and uh, we got a lot of things to talk to him about, and I hope you're going to stick around for that. And we also, of course, have our normal remakes and everything else coming your way. Some interesting ones coming up, and uh, things are always changing here. You know, you never know what's going to come. What, what are they going to make for a remake? Uh, <laughs> sometimes we wish they wouldn't, but uh, we'll see what comes up. And uh, that's coming up in just a second here at On Screen to be on Mike Manning joining us for the interview segment. So stick around for that. Uh, we want to thank you all for uh, emailing us, people who are uh, communicating with me. Appreciate it very much. Always love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion for uh, a guest here at On Screen and Beyond, you can email it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Uh, also, love hearing from you. Like I say, uh, we, we get these emails, and maybe someday I'll read some of them. I don't know. I just have never got around to doing that. But uh, we'll see it. I really do appreciate it, and uh, some of them are very nice. And uh, if you are on uh, any of the podcast providers and they have a chance for you to put up a review or whatever you want to call it, uh, I'd appreciate it if you put something up uh, because, uh, you know, if you can, you know, say something good about the show and uh, other people will hear it and they will continue to, uh, you know, maybe go out and listen to On Screen and Beyond. So uh, we hope you'll do that for us. And uh, why don't we get right into it? It's time for Remake Madness right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Well, a remake of the Fantastic Four we've talked about before. It's expected to arrive in theaters in 2025, and it will be directed by Matt Shackman. And now Matt, of course, has been a guest here at On Screen and Beyond. You can go back and listen to his story uh, when we, it was quite a few years ago, a couple, you know, two, three years ago, maybe it was. Uh, anyways, it was episode 320, so you can check that out. And a live action remake of the story of Tinkerbell has been announced with Reese Witherspoon, and you can expect that in 2025. And a feature film based on the TV show. Ben 10 has been announced, and it's listed as an action-adventure comedy. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, well, the comedy horror movie Bo is Afraid, starring Joaquin Phoenix, arrives on April 21st. And on February 10th, uh, on Amazon Prime Video, you can catch Someone I Used to Know. Now, that'll be directed by Dave Franco, and it stars Allison Brie. And Tyler Perry will write, direct, and produce Six Triple Eight. Now, that's a World War II film with the cast being loaded with uh, Sam Waterston, 
Susan Sarandon, Kerry Washington, Oprah Winfrey, and a whole lot more. So we'll keep our eye out for that one. And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Sequels. It looks like William H. Macy has joined the cast of the next installment of the Planet of the Apes franchise. And this one is going to be called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Shazam! Fury of the Gods will be hitting theaters on March 17th. And Evil Dead Rise crawls into theaters on April 21st. And that is it for sequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and movies coming your way on DVD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. TV and movies coming your way on DVD on February 21st. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, Season 9 and Season 10. Come to DVD individually. And I'm sure you can get them as a pack, too. And it looks like Maverick, the complete series, rides on to DVD on February 28th. And the Smurfs Springtime Specials lands on DVD on February 21st. As far as movies, February 7th, Black Panther Wakanda Forever arrives on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD. February 14th, you can get The Fablemans from Steven Spielberg as it arrives on 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD. And on February 28th, you can get Devotion as it flies on to 4K, Blu-ray, and DVD. That's it for movies and TV coming your way on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, well, Titanic, big movie. It's coming back. It's been 25 years since it was released, and now it's being re-released in theaters on Friday, February 10th for a celebration. HBO Max has announced that on February 11th, the monthly subscription will increase from $14.99 to $15.99. So that's going to cost you a little bit more. And sadly, of course, we've all heard about Lisa Marie Presley passing on. And uh, we also have a few others that have passed on. Carol Cook, who co-starred in many films, including 16 Candles and The Incredible Mr. Limpet, has died at the age of 98. And she was a past guest here on On Screen and Beyond. A very, very fun, funny lady. 
And uh, if you want to hear that episode, it was one of our earlier ones, very, very early. She was a past guest on episode 79. So you can check that out in our uh, rerun section or go to whatever podcast provider you listen on. And let's see here. Adam Rich, the youngest child on Eight is Enough. Remember that show? He has passed away at the age of 54. And that's it for TV and entertainment time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to sit down with Mike Manning. He, of course, like I said, was an Emmy winner. He was on The Bay, Days of Our Lives, This Is Us, Teen Wolf, Youthful Days. His new movie is out. It's called The Way Out. And uh, he puts on a great performance. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. Mike Manning next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. screen and beyond our guest is an emmy winner who we have seen on the bay youthful days teen wolf this is us days of our lives and so much more his latest film the way out comes on digital on february 10th it's mike manning mike welcome to on screen and beyond thanks for having me brian now mike uh <laughs> Like like we were talking before we got on the air, I, I always don't want to give away too much of the film, but your part in this film, all I gotta say is, you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it was you know it was a fun part to to play. It was a fun film to to be a part of. It's not every day that uh, you know I'm sure we'll get into it, but it's not every day I get to be that type of character. So when Barry cast me in this. Uh, I made a decision. I said, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm really going to go for it. And uh, and I think I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, you know, put it this way. I don't want to meet you on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, I, know I, you're, I know you're a nice guy, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I kind of wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I, so some friends, and our film premiered at the Burbank Film Festival and uh, and I was really excited about that. We ended up winning the audience award and um, and best feature, uh, best LGBT feature at the festival. And so and I invited a bunch of friends, and, and a lot of my friends uh, know me as a nice guy. And uh, afterwards, they <laughs> they came up to me. And they're like, Mike, you're you scared us a little bit, which I think I think as an actor is is the biggest compliment that I could have you know received from them. Yeah, I you know I. I agree with them. You, it's it's like, wow, where did this come from? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. yeah. So, so let let our listeners know about uh, what is the way out about, and uh, how'd you get involved with it? Yeah. So uh, the way out is um, it's a story about Alex, who is played by Johnny Buchamp, um, who is is fantastic. Um, he is an aspiring singer-songwriter. Um, he is addicted to uh, drugs and alcohol, and he was abused as a child. And um, after the death of his father, he sort of inherits his house, and he needs to get a roommate to pay the mortgage. And so he gets a roommate in my character, Shane Collins. And in the beginning, it's this you know sweet kind of friendship, and then things take a dark turn when Shane decides to take Alex under his wing 
and sort of help him deal with his abuse and get over the childhood trauma and get over being, you know, sort of pushed around from everybody. He teaches him to fight back against, you know, people that take advantage of him against life in general. And, um, and it, it sort of gets messy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's fun. I mean, working with Johnny was fantastic. And, um, I actually found the project through a friend of mine who's a producer on this, Nick Thur. Uh, Nick and I worked together on a film called Slapface that I had produced and and acted in uh, back in 2019. And uh, and so Nick and I are friends, and he found this script uh, through Barry and and worked on it with Barry. And then he, you know, uh, they approached me and asked me to be. Uh, one of the leads in this film, and, and I said yes, and, and it was it was a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a really fun shoot, a really you know tight knit group of people. I gained uh, 13 pounds for the movie, so as soon as I figured out that I had the role, I went on a strict diet of um, you know increasing my calorie intake and going to the gym, and I took boxing classes uh, several times a week up until filming um, for three months. And so I really uh, wanted to take this character seriously and transform myself as much as I could in that time uh, before we started shooting. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, does that happen a lot where you have to, you know, gain weight, lose weight, whatever, uh, for roles? Is that is that common? Uh, not as common as I would like it to be. Uh, traditionally, I'm cast as you know, the nice guy or the boy next door or the boyfriend or, or whatever else. And, and that was one of the other reasons why with this, I decided that if I was going to do it, I would transform myself as much as I could uh, to really embody a character that is the opposite of all of those other things. He is, he is violent. He is broken. He um, just sort of has a, a very vicious personality um, and and he uses violence and intimidation uh, and, and and fighting to uh, to get what he wants, and that is very different than who I am. Is very different than the characters that I played in the past. So I thought that I had to uh, really, in order to do justice to the character and to the movie, I really had to transform myself like that. Mm. How do you get yourself in that mindset? Uh, you know, when you're filming a, a, a role that is so different. And, uh, you know, you see a lot of actors I've seen do that. Uh, and and it, it's like, you know, wow, how, how can you do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, for me, every character that we play, that you see on screen, uh, if it's with, with any actor, uh, that character lives inside of them somewhere. And we all have characters inside of us, versions of ourselves that are are happy and sad and scared and bold and hopeful and fearful and all of these things, you know, all these versions of ourselves live inside us. And so for me, I just had to tap into the version of myself that is very desensitized to violence and very vicious and um, and hurt and and you know, uh, has a lot of scar tissue that has built up over the years around his emotions, around his heart, and um, and sort of clouds his judgment and makes him a really hurt, awful person. Um, you know, hurt people hurt people. And 
for me to um, be this character who does some pretty awful things in this movie, I really just had to tap into the part of myself that, um, you know, imagine what it would be like to experience this type of abuse. And, and, uh, and then I just, you know, sort of built from there. Well, now I'm sure that if I see you on the streets, I'm walking on the other side. I mean, there's no question. <laughs> I'm just joking. Just joking. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, not if I'm behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be not looking. if I come up behind you and surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you did a great job with this role. You really did. And do do you find now that you know? Do you feel those are juicier roles? I do enjoy playing roles that are very different from me uh, because, you know, as an actor, I, I think that's why we do this, right, is to play in the sandbox with people that we like and to stretch ourselves and to push ourselves uh, to the limit. And there are certain things that I can do on screen, you know, that, that actors can do on screen, whether it's floating in space or playing with dinosaurs or, you know, shooting a laser gun or fighting with a lightsaber. There are things that we can do on screen that we can't do in real life. And that's the joy and the excitement and the fun of being an actor. And so I do like roles that are very different than me, roles that challenge me, roles that I'm allowed to transform myself for and, um, and roles that, you know, that push me to change because that's, that's the challenge. That's what keeps it exciting and juicy, and that's what, um, you know, that's, I think, why I do what I do. Yeah. Now, let us know about uh, the cast. Uh, this was a, a excellent cast in this film. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was. Uh, we were blessed um, to work with, I, like I said, Johnny was fantastic, um, and then Ashley Murray came on board, and um, and Johnny and Ashley had worked together on Katie Keene, and so uh, so they already had a rapport, and, and they were just watching them, uh, be best friends in this movie. It was so believable. Their chemistry was so real because they had worked together for so long. Um, so Cherry Shepherd, um, who I've, I, you know, I've loved since Precious, um, was, was fantastic. She's mainly a comedic actor, actress, but she, and I don't think that people give her enough credit for her dramatic side, but in this film, you definitely see that. Um, and then, and then working with Mitch Silpa, like he's he's another one too that I I thought he was hilarious in Bridesmaids, and in this movie we have a very <laughs> a scene that's very different from Bridesmaids, that's very uh, you know sort of dramatic and, and violent, and 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 Mitch was fantastic, like he he just brought it, um, and and was fun to work with, and then Mac Kerr, um, he he's a stuntman. He's uh, Keanu Reeves' stuntman on John Wick, and I worked with him on Slapface, uh, the other film I talked about, and and he was great in this too. And he's he's um, one of the characters that you see towards the end of the movie. Um, Allison Robertson, who plays the detective, was fantastic. Uh, just so many actors that um, that love the story and love the message, and and just showed up to play. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Now you were also an executive producer on the film. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> so I, I have a production company and, uh, and Nick Thur, like I said, he and I had worked together when I produced Slapface, And, um, and so early on in the process with the script and script notes and things, I sort of jumped on board to help out. And then later on, once we made the movie, uh, in terms of like sales and distribution and, and some of the other stuff, I, I jumped on board. So, 
um, you know, I've been doing things here and there just to help the movie out, and uh, and they made me an executive producer. Yeah, yeah. Now you you've you seem to go gone into more and more producing. Is that correct? I mean, you're still doing a lot of acting, but but uh, producing is seems to be coming up more for you. Is that something that you've always wanted to do? Yeah, producing was something that sort of found me. I've been in Los Angeles now for over a decade, and uh, and I moved here for acting. And I was lucky early on. Uh, I, I booked a Disney show called Crash and Bernstein, and then I, I did a Disney movie called Cloud Nine, and I was um, sort of Disney gave me my start, and I was doing uh, you know TV guest star roles and sort of building my resume. And then I met a filmmaker through a friend of mine named Kate Logan, and she was doing a documentary, and we had coffee one day, and she basically said, Mike, I'm, I'm producing this documentary. I have all this footage, and I don't know what to do with it. And I said, well, I've never produced anything, but I want to help you out. And, um, and it was just one thing after another where we just sort of trial by fire, we figured it out and made the movie, and um, I ended up bringing a friend of mine on, on board called, uh, his name is Tom DeSanto, and he's a huge producer. He's produced X-Men and Transformers, and he helped us produce it, and I, br- I brought on Lance Bass, who um, was a friend of mine through some other things, and, and he ended up jumping on board. And so this this tiny little film became this this bigger film, and we, we sold it to Showtime. And overnight, people started reaching out to me to produce their films, and uh, I just started saying yes to things. And so producing uh, was something that found me, and now at this stage in my life, it's something that I enjoy uh, just as much as acting. I love when I'm an actor, I show up and I, I jump in the sandbox and I, I try to do my best to be true to that world and that character and, and everything else. And then on the producing side, I get to create that sandbox for other people. And it's a really fulfilling job and it's really fun to have other opportunities to work with people I like. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's why I, I continue to produce as well. Yeah. Now, on the, the way out, how long of a shoot was that? And where where did you film it? Oh, it was a quick shoot. I think <laughs> I think it was like three weeks. I think I think we had a three week shoot. Um, I want to say like three six day weeks, maybe eighteen days, something like that. Wow. Um, maybe a little bit less too. It was a quick shoot, and we shot in upstate New York. So, um, not to keep bringing this up, but it was the same place we shot Flatface. So I had shot there before as as an actor and a producer. And, and Nick Thur had also shot there before as a producer. And so um, we were, we, we used the same DP. We used Dominic Civilli and, uh, and he used a lot of the same crew that we used on Flatface. And, um, and, you know, we were already familiar with the area because we had already shot there before. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Sort of like old home week there, <laughs> just having all your friends together and having a good time. <laughs> Yeah, hey guys, come together. Let's uh let's make a movie about uh, you know, fighting and killing people. Let's do it. Hey. <laughs> yeah, it it uh I mean, it's it's nice that but, but out of curiosity, why I mean, you're in LA. Why do you pick mm-hmm. a place or why was it picked, you know, like in New York? I mean, that's quite a ways away. Well, because it was uh where uh it was very similar to where Barry uh, the story is uh, the way out. The story is, is loosely based on some of his childhood trauma, and uh, and some of that took place in upstate New York. So 
so we the setting was very much uh, a character in the movie and creating that sort of isolation and and um, and you know Barry wanted it to be as realistic as possible to his own experience. Um, also, Johnny in the film uh, <clears throat> lived in New York, and so it was an easy um, it was an easy car ride up there. But but yeah, it was it was very scary to tell an honest story and where we shot the film ended up being an element in that. Hmm. Now, is acting what you always wanted to do? It, it is. It is. I always, growing up, I always had an active imagination. Uh, I remember when I was six years old watching Aladdin with, in my grandmother's living room with a carpet on the floor, you know, singing magic car, you know, I can show you the world and everything and, and with, with the neighborhood kids. And, and I think every young person goes through that where they have that active imagination. And I just, I think that I never grew out of it. Um, which when I was a kid growing up, sometimes it was great. And sometimes it was very frustrating for my parents and they would send me to school and I would daydream the whole time. And, um, in theater, I, in high school, I did theater but I never really took it seriously because there were no, there weren't any professional actors in my orbit. I grew up in Colorado, in Thornton, Colorado, in this, you know, sort of North suburb of Denver. And I just didn't, it never clicked with me that I could make a living being an actor. So, um, I just, I never really took it seriously. I mean, I knew I loved it, but it was just something that I did as a passion and it wasn't until I got older and, and a manager reached out to me on Facebook in Los Angeles. He had seen something I did and he reached out to me and he said, Hey, Hey kid, I, uh, I think you have talent. You have a good look. Uh, I think you should move to LA, give it six months and I'll make you a star. And, <laughs> and that was over 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Now MTV real world DC. Was that more or less your first introduction, or had you done a lot of things before that? Or Yeah, that was, well, so I had, like I said, I did theater in high school, and then I, I did, like, a short film just for fun, but it wasn't until I was going to business school in Colorado, and a friend of mine, uh, my friend John, came up to me one day, and he said, hey, Mike, uh, you used to you know, act and, and do all that stuff. Right. And I said, yeah. And he said, can you come with me to an open casting call in uh, nearby? Uh, they're doing it for a reality show called real world. And I said, what's real world. And he said, it's a show on MTV. I had no idea. Never watched it. So I go with him to the audition and in the classic Johnny Depp story, uh, they ended up casting me instead of my friend. And, uh, and then the rest, the rest is history. So yeah, it was, it was one of the things that I, I, that's, I, I feel like it was the universe picking me up and putting me back on the train track that I was supposed to be on. Mm -hmm. are, are you still friends, or has he still got that gr a grudge against you for, for, you know, if I hadn't brought him, I would have been on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, technically, I he did visit me while I was in Washington D.C. filming, so technically he was on the show. So I did do my job. It just wasn't in the way that he thought it would be. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know, and from there on, you just went on to other things and everything. Um, and, and you also won an Emmy. Now, how did it feel? Did you ever in your wildest imagination as a kid think that you would, you know, someday win an Emmy? 
You know, honestly, I never did. Uh, it just wasn't something. Of course, we all watch the award shows. We watch the Golden Globes and the Oscars and the Emmys. And, and we think to ourselves, oh, man, what would I say in a speech like that? What would I do? That looks so cool. But it didn't really dawn on me that that was even a possibility for someone like me, for someone that had my upbringing and didn't really know anybody in Hollywood. There was no degree of nepotism that I could rely on just because I, I couldn't. And and so uh, I didn't, <laughs> I honestly never thought that I would I would win something like an Emmy. And, um, and when it happened, it was just a, a, an incredible experience. I feel like I, during my acceptance speech, I don't remember anything that I said. I feel like it was an out-of-body experience where I was just watching myself say these words that I sort of came up with because uh, I didn't think I was going to win. I was up against other actors that had either won Emmys before or had much longer careers than I have. And so I, I didn't think I would win, and I didn't prepare anything. And then on the way there, in the car, on the way to the Emmys, I, I was like, you know what, just in case, I'm going to jot down a few notes on my phone, in my notes app, just in case. And, uh, and so I, I jotted down all my thank yous and, you know, I mentioned my agent, my manager and my parents and my grandparents and my friends and, um, and, you know, obviously the creators of the show, I won the Emmy for the Bay. And yes. so I, I mentioned the, 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 the team on the Bay. And, and so I, I just jotted down, uh, those names and I was like, just in case. And, uh, and then they called my name and I walked down on the stage and I took that golden statue and I did my best to remember all those names. And it was, uh, it was a really, really cool experience because so much in acting, you can work and work and work and work and nobody will ever, you know, ever knows it, uh, unless your, your things are, are seen by people. And unless your movie, uh, you know, goes to theaters or does this or does that, there's, good chance that a lot of the work, especially early on in your career that you do will not be seen by a wide audience. And sometimes that's tough. And, you know, the industry in itself is based on rejection and, oh, you're not, you're too tall, you're too short, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too this, you're too that. And so to receive something like an Emmy just sort of washes all of that away and reminds you like, hey, kid, you're, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing. The, the industry is recognizing you for your work. Keep at it, even though it's tough, you know, and if you have a bad day, tomorrow's going to be, be better and you can do this. And it just, it just helps reaffirm that, um, you know, it, it reaffirm that I'm on the right track and, and helps sort of silence some of those negative voices. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, you mentioned the Bay. Um, I've actually had a couple of people from the Bay on uh, over the years. Uh, the day, the, I, I always say this wrong, the D'Ambrosio sisters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Ambrosio. yeah. yeah. Uh, them and uh, A. Martinez. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, had legend. Yeah, and uh, also I, I was doing, when I was doing research here, I, I noticed that you have some movies coming up uh, in your listings, and um, uh, you're, you're working with Jay Moore for Powder Puff? Yeah, yeah, Powder Puff. Up was film that um, Lionsgate will be releasing, uh, Grindstone Lionsgate, um, that I, I co-wrote with the director, Ari Novak, and, and Jay was in that. 
So uh, <laughs> it's a small world. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and now that's about snowboarding. Is that sort of getting back to your Cloud9 roots on Disney? It is. I, I found the project uh, through a friend, and, um, and, and I just wanted to um, – I, I worked with Ari Novak, the director, on, on the script, and, um, and I really used everything that I loved about Cloud9 and snowboarding and that experience – uh, because I do attribute Cloud Nine to being one of the, you know, the lily pads that I used to in my career to get me from one place to another. It was a, a big deal at the time for me. It still is, mm-hmm. and so I wanted to sort of honor that by doing this movie. And so I infused as much as I could from that Cloud Nine world that I was a part of, and uh, and I think fans of Cloud Nine. Um, I, it's been a few years, so they're a little older now, but um, uh, I, I hope that they watch this movie. And uh, and remember Cloud Nine and, and see sort of some of the homage uh, that I pay to the film in, in this one. Yeah, yeah. Did did you do you really know how to snowboard when you did that film? I do. Yeah. So I grew up in Colorado. Oh, that's and true. Yeah, that's right. I, I was I was yeah. Well, I was born in Florida, and uh, but we moved to Colorado when I was uh, like seven years old. So I don't. Uh, really remember Florida that much. And then as soon as we moved to Colorado, my parents wanted to go from being beach people to mountain people. So they signed me up for ski lessons right away. So, you know, I'm eight, nine years old on skis. And then when I was uh, 13, the cool thing to do became snowboarding. So all my friends in school were snowboarding. So I switched to snowboarding and I had, you know, I've been doing that ever since. So I, uh, there are plenty of things I'm not good at. Snowboarding is one of the things I am good at. <laughs> uh, well, Mike, I know we've got to finish up here, but uh, I want to just finish up with uh, one final question or two two questions, whatever. Sure. Uh, but um, I do want to let everybody know that on February 10th, The Way Out is coming out on digital. Uh, as far as digital, what uh, what formats or what uh, places can they, can they see that? Is there any special places they can go? Um, I know that it's going to be like the, the Apple, Amazon, Tubi kind of thing. I don't know much beyond that, um, but I'm sure, you know, we're going to be posting about it and everything else if, okay, if people are interested. Yeah. And now, Mike, uh, you're very busy. I realize that. There's so much that you've got going on. You've got a lot of projects in the works. Uh, but uh, when you sit back and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past? And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oof, okay. Uh, it all depends on uh, on how I feel, but my, my favorite movies would have to be either Gladiator or Zoolander. If I want to go on an epic adventure, uh, it's Gladiator. If I want to laugh and quote the entire movie, uh, it's Zoolander. I just, I love Ben Stiller. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's a comedic genius. And then uh, movies. Um, I have to say one of my favorite movies, or, I'm sorry, sorry, TV shows. I have to say one of my favorite TV shows, uh, recent TV shows, has to be Ozark. Oh, I just think great Jason, Laura Linney, Jason Bateman um, are just a fantastic pair. And it's one of those shows that it gives me everything that I, I want. And then I still don't know what's going to happen next. It's, it's just one of those shows that still has shock value. Um, Game of Thrones, just because I love sci-fi. Um, I mean, oh, there's so many, so many other other shows on right now um, that are that are fantastic. I loved the um, 
the Lord of the Rings series that just came out. I'm, I'm a huge sci-fi epic fantasy kind of guy. So, mm-hmm. uh, those were fun, but, um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, what about I love Squid kid? Game. I, I, oh yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I was kind of sheltered. I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons until I was 13. So, uh, my early childhood was basically Disney movies. Um, but I could quote any Disney, you know, whether it's Aladdin or Hercules or Peter Pan or Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid or Mulan or any of those early Disney movies. Um, Lion King, uh, one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I would watch those again and again and again. And, and that's why I think, too, um, watching those movies as a child, I always, I've always been an optimist and I've always had that sort of fairy tale ending, you know, uh, glasses half full sort of uh, people are good and there's goodness that lives inside of all of us. I sort of grew up with that, that mindset and my, my grandparents and my parents sort of instilled that in, in me. Um, and so that's why I think, you know, one of the main reasons I'm able to stay positive in an industry that is sometimes, you know, really tough um, on our psyches, you know, with the rejection and everything. And also during a time in the world that is, that is kind of crazy um, and has been for a lot of people, you know, I just, I think that that movies have always been sort of a, a, a source of escapism and, um, and optimism for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, Mike, I cannot thank you enough for joining us and people on February 10th, be sure to check out the way out on digital formats and uh, thank you so much, Mike, for joining us. Thank you, Brian, for having me. And that's Mike Manning joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Big shout-out going to him for joining us here. And a nice guy. And uh, be sure to check that movie out, The Way Out. And it comes out on digital, so you can catch that a lot of different places. And uh, we have uh, a lot of guests coming our way. We've been lining them up and uh, getting them ready to come here on On Screen to Be On. Hope you're going to be sticking around. Um, we, uh, like I said, it's, 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 it's always a bad omen if I tell you. <laughs> so I'm going to hold off on telling you who's coming up. But, uh, you know, it is going to be some great guests like we've always had. A lot of great people coming our way. And we've got uh, we've had a lot of in them in the past, and we've got more. And a lot of people sent emails about um, last week's episode of On Screen and Beyond, and uh, they enjoyed hearing Mark Cuban and hearing his story. So if you want to check that one out, you can go back in, uh, you know, just uh, not too far in the archives. He's right on the front page of onscreenandbeyond.com. You can click it there, or you can go to your regular podcast provider, and you can check that one out if uh, you, uh, you know, missed that one. So, that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So, until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.